0: Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. It made me want to come out here on a scooter. I wish I had one. Thank you, Cameron. That was a wonderful introduction. And I know Cameron went to great lengths too. To do that and I'm grateful and I know God's gonna bless him because he did some uh, he did some great uh, tactics on that scooter some we didn't even see uh, so it's springtime and I'm let's let's all get out and enjoy the fresh air uh, I don't know that I will be on a scooter but I'm looking forward to the seasons turning and we just heard from the treehouse which is a reminder of springtime too, trees budding up and such. We just heard a great overview of what our topic is going to be this morning. We heard a great overview from the tree house about being a promise keeper, earning trust, not being a promise breaker. And on that note, on that note about not being a promise break, uh, keep, not not being a promise breaker, being a promise keeper. What did that get me? Got me thinking about promises, and I thought it would be interesting to just start with a few quotes about what I'll see is the most famous, the most famous of promise breakers. And who would that be? That doesn't take long to get there, right? It's politicians, right? We all know that. And so how about some quotes about these wonderful promise breakers? Here's one. This is from Teresa Hines. Uh, She was a political person, uh, married to to, uh, John Kerry, I believe. And she said this, political campaigns are the graveyard of real ideas and the birthplace of empty promises. Pretty true. Probably would agree got a couple more from i i really can't give citation not not sure who said these first but here's a good one no politician can resist making promises he or she cannot keep that that one also feels really true and uh another vote for the candidate who promises the least that's a great rule of thumb Vote for the candidate who promises the least. Why? Because that is the one that will be least disappointing. So we all know it, right? We all know it. We know that it doesn't matter who we vote for. It does not matter. They will not fulfill all their promises. It's just not going to happen. Now, certainly we could cherry pick, right? We could go through that person's record. Oh, yeah, we could cherry pick. Oh, look, she uh, promised, and look, there it is, did it. Or, you know, he said he was going to do it, and he did it. Of course, we can find those little nuggets where they they were able to meet what they said they were going to do. But most often, if we were to make a list, the list of broken promises would be far, far longer than the list of promises kept. And there's always something going on, right? There's always something. There's always an issue. There's always a bill pending, uh, some debate about one thing or another. And one side is promising to support it. The other side's promising to oppose it. And uh, of course, as I said, there's always something. So what's going on right now, one that's caused a lot of attention a lot of attention is this thing called the equality act have you heard about it i know some of you have many are concerned about it many and they voiced their concerned how do i know that well the topic i'll just use this word it's trending the topic's trending in my inbox uh, all right and i appreciate all the uh all the input all the thoughts all the uh a concern. There's lots of thoughts, lots of opinions, lots of suggestions. Listen to this person. Oh, watch this video. Listen to that person. And I want to say this, as it is with any political issue, there's a there's an abundance of information, an abundance, but there's also an abundance of misinformation. Now, instead of turning to those who are peddling the information and just hanging on their every word. I just read the bill. That's what I, And that's what I would suggest to all who are concerned. Read the bill because uh, you, you might hear something like this. Oh, I promise you it's in there. I promise you it's in there. Oh, I promise you it's not in there. I promise it's not going to happen. And, you know, we can get hung up on that. Let's just go to the source instead of hanging our hat on promises that somebody else makes and then what's going to happen we'd be disappointed in the future that's typically what happens let's just go to the source and it's easy we could just go read the bill and we should do that you know the this this thing they call the equality act it's an amending of uh, the civil rights act of 1964 it's an amending also there's uh, of the civil rights act of 1968 which i guess they called the fair housing act And do I like the Equality Act? If it were to become law the way it reads right now, no, no. And I'll just give you a few points. I know so many are concerned. And, you know, here's what I saw just reading it, that uh, the Religious Freedom Act that was passed in 1993, well, if this thing became law, then you couldn't use that as, uh, it couldn't be used against this act. Another thing, churches, synagogues, mosques, religious organizations that are generally not considered what they call a public accommodation, well, that distinction might get blurred. And although, although the 1964 Civil Rights Act, and of course, if you read this Equality Act, you got to go read then the 1964 Civil Rights Act. That's a lot longer. It's definitely, uh, you know, if you got insomnia, great reading Uh I tried to plow through it all. So there is, in that 1964 Civil Rights Act, there's accommodations for religious organizations. But those might become harder to defend if this Equality Act thing goes through. And then the other thing that I just really did not like was this definition of terms. So read the definitions. The definition of sex in this act would be beyond male and female. And It would include sexual uh sexual orientation, gender identity, and intersex traits, and you know, whatever that is. Uh, and so, those are just a few things in particular that I don't really like. And if you're concerned about it, if you're concerned about these things, or any other, you know, local, state, federal issue, you know, read the bills, read, get in there, get informed. And of course, as Christians, let's pray. Let's pray. We can always pray. And we do that here at the church, of course. We have a Tuesday morning prayer meeting. We pray, and the Tuesday morning prayer meeting takes the needs of the congregation, the needs of the people, but it regularly takes up these types of issues to pray about them, put them before the Lord, and ask God to really direct and be a part of our our leader's uh, minds and thoughts and convict and convince them, whether it's local, state, the nation. Uh, now, also, the National Day of Prayer is coming up. That's the first Thursday of May. So that's a great reminder to pray for our nation, pray about these things. But be an informed prayer. Be informed. If you're passionate about, about whatever it is, a particular bill, Send a note, send a letter to those who represent you. Yes, of course, we can be involved civilly. That's our right. It's our privilege in this country. But don't blindly, don't blindly believe the promises. Especially if they're coming from a politician. Because we know what that means, right? No politician can resist making a promise he or she can't keep. And you know... We know it. We know it. We accept it. We even expect it, don't we? Ah, oh, they said that. That'll never happen. Read my lips. You know, it'll never happen. Yeah. And it seems that this is the way it was in Jesus' time as well. Some things never change. Some things never change. When Jesus was giving his sermon on the mount, he spoke about this promises not kept and it wasn't just a passing comment jesus just didn't make some flippant comment about it he spent some time speaking to this and he elaborated he gave several examples he gave examples as if his audience was well acquainted with this they all knew promises are broken there's lots of promise breakers out there now i know For the few weeks leading into Easter, we stepped away from the Sermon on the Mount. But now we're back. We're back into the Sermon on the Mount. We're still in this Life Apps series. And we're rolling through the Sermon on the Mount. And I want to just briefly help us with a little bit of background. It's it's just a reminder because we've talked about it. Recall that Jesus is talking Talking to ordinary, everyday people, common people. Sermon on the Mount wasn't to Pharisees and the leaders of the religion. That was to the everyday people. And early on, Jesus taught about the law. Recall that. That was a number of weeks ago he we talked about that. And he said the law is never going away. Although he was explaining it in an altogether new way. He was challenging the people to see the law differently. And this was an approach in keeping the law that these people had never really heard taught to them. And that's why Jesus early on, he said, your righteousness needs to surpass the leaders, the experts, the teachers of the law, those Pharisees. Because they weren't teaching the law properly and they were definitely not the best examples of it either. So Jesus taught on it, and Jesus taught on lust. We've heard about that. He's taught on anger, and he's brought nuance that was new to his audience and depth that they had never really heard expounded on the law. And now we get to a portion of Matthew chapter 5. This is the Sermon on the Mount about promises. I want to read this to you. It's Jesus speaking, Jesus speaking to this crowd of everyday people, and it's Matthew 5, verses 33 to 37. Jesus said, again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth for it is his footstool or by jerusalem for it is the city of the great king and do not swear by your head for you cannot even you cannot make even one hair white or black all you need to say is simply yes or no anything beyond this comes from the evil one So Jesus spent some time on this and he pointed out to his audience that their faith had taught them they could make an oath. It was okay. If they made an oath or a vow, they were called to fulfill that vow. He said, you've heard this, you've heard this and you've heard it long ago. And that's all true. It's all true because long ago, Moses brought this to the people straight from god and there there are many examples many many examples in the old testament of those who took vows those who kept vows yeah there were some that didn't necessarily keep the vows very well there were some uh who made foolish vows many examples in the old testament but making a vow in god's name was perfectly acceptable perfectly acceptable deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 20 gives an example And it reads nearly identical to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13, which I'll read to you. Fear the Lord your God, serve him only, and take your oaths in his name. Well, there it is. Moses said, this is what you can do. These are the words of Moses teaching the people. But something seemed to happen. Something seemed to happen regarding oaths and vows, promises. What happened? What happened? If taking an oath in the name of God was a good thing, what was Jesus talking about now? Why why was he saying these things? What would he say? Don't take an oath. Don't make a vow. Well, consider the example of the politicians. Consider. They can't Resist making a promise they're going to break. They can't keep. In Jesus' day, making an oath, taking a vow, invoking the name of God to add some more weight. It had come to be watered down, especially by the leaders of the religion. Especially that those who were called the Pharisees, the teachers of the law. And they were also politicians. They were politicians. And like the politicians of our day, they weren't very good promise keepers. And it was all accepted. It was even expected. And the rank and file citizens, they knew it. They knew it. And we see that. We see that in the four examples that Jesus laid out before them. Don't swear an oath by heaven or earth or by Jerusalem or even by your own head. What had happened? What had happened to making a vow in the name of God? These examples were not. They they were not examples of making a vow in the name of God. No, they were heaven, earth, Jerusalem, your head. What happened? Moses had said it was okay to do this. He'd said it multiple times actually in Deuteronomy. Well, if you knew, you probably weren't going to keep the promise. Maybe it was a little shaky from the start. You were thinking, I might be bending the truth a little bit. If you're going to break the promise, you might just want to avoid invoking the name of God. So a custom was born. A custom was born. Swear out a vow on something else. Well, heaven or earth or whatever. Then what's the big deal if you don't keep the vow? What's the earth going to do about it, right? I'll swear on earth. It can't hurt me. And, And that seemed to be what was happening amongst the leaders. And, of course, the people adopted the custom. And Jesus uses those examples. And he began by saying, well, you've heard it, Head. You've heard it said. You can take an oath. But keep your vows. Keep your vows to the Lord. Then those examples he gave. They're not vows in the name of the Lord. But Jesus made this point. He made this point. Whatever you invoke to add some weight, you know, to put some extra substance in your promise, it all points back to God. All points back to God. Swear by heaven. Swear by heaven? It's his home. You want to swear on earth? That's his footstool. Hey, you want to swear on Jerusalem? It's the city of the great king. That's God. It's his city. You want to swear on your own head? You can't even make a single hair on your head, white or black. Ha, whatever. That's because God can Do that, you can't. So, so, these are just lame attempts. They're lame attempts at swearing out something to avoid invoking the name of God because probably that promise it wasn't going to be kept. And even though it was an attempt to avoid putting the name of God in there, it was still invoking God. This is Jesus' point because he is the creator of everything he is the lord the maker of it all he is so instead of invoking god or something else to stress to add clout to uh somehow put more stock in what you're going to confess you're going to do jesus just said be a person of your word this is what he stressed all you need to say simply is yes or no Because anything that comes beyond that, and this is, here's here's some sobering words. Anything beyond that, it's from the evil one. It's from the evil one. You want to try to bolster your word? You want to try to add something extra special? Oh, on my head, I swear on my head. I swear on my life. Doing that, especially if deep down, you know, eh, probably not going to keep this promise. Jesus makes it plain. That's from the evil one. No, don't do that. Just say your word and keep your word. And so the life app for today, we call it keep your vow. Keep your vow. And some application, some application to help us to do as Jesus instructs here. First, handle the truth. Handle the truth. And what do I mean by that? What do I mean when I say handle the truth? Do you remember the movie? Some of you might remember the movie. It's kind of old now. It's called A Few Good Men. And there's this trial in the movie. Tom Cruise is a naval attorney. He's a lawyer asking questions to Jack Nicholson, a a Marine Corps uh, colonel. And so Cruise asks questions. And and Nicholson says, Nicholson says, You want answers? And Cruz says, I want the truth. And then there's this famous line, famous line Nicholson's comeback. You can't handle the truth. Sometimes we can't handle the truth. So what do we do? Well, let's make a promise. Let's make a promise. And then we add to it hey, I'll pay you Friday pay hey, you friday it's payday friday comes and goes oh hey listen i swear to god i'll pray i'll, I'll pay you tuesday I swear on my life oh yeah right you know we get in these pickles we get in these jams and we make promises to get out ignore the truth make a promise didn't get a job done on time missed something on the quote hey you didn't do your homework didn't turn it in you know, you ate that cake. You promised your spouse, eh, I'm going to get off that junk. But there you are. Someone you made a promise to, you stood up. Yeah, you know, that's what we saw in the treehouse example. You said you're going to be somewhere and you weren't there. Whatever, whatever we've done, when we get caught in a tough spot, we, we might sometimes just swear out a promise. Oh, I swear, I swear I'll make it up to you. Oh, I can't pay you, I can't pay you, but I swear I will. How about just handling the truth? I can't pay you, I need more time. Now, I made a mistake on the quote. It's going to take a couple extra days. It blew off my homework. I'll take the zero. I broke down to the temptation. Yes, I woofed down the cake. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. And I'm busted. You know, you make a mistake, just own it. Own it. Handle the truth. Handle the truth. And the best way to handle it, the best way to handle the truth before it becomes a problem is to really heed what Jesus says. Say yes or no. Say yes or no. Jesus put it plainly. Don't swear on this. Don't swear on that. Be a person of your word. If you say that you're going to do something, do it. If you say you're going to be somewhere, be there. And that's, that's the essence here of what Jesus is saying. All you need to say is simply, simply, he says, yes or no. Keep your word. When it comes to simply saying yes or no, yes is, yes is often an easy word to say, isn't it? Because yes is a people-pleasing word. Oh, yeah, I'm going to pay you back. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. You know, no, no is a little bit more difficult, isn't it? At times, it's it's a little harder to say no, especially if we are a people pleaser. But sometimes, sometimes you have to say no. You know, we need to handle the truth, say yes or no. Sometimes we've got to say No. And I'm glad Jesus put that in there. I'm glad he put the no in there. Promises, promises are very often positive, aren't they? They're connected to a yes. They're connected to a yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I'm going to deliver. It's an, it's an affirmative. It's something affirmative. But sometimes we have to say no. It can be a little harder. Well, politicians, maybe they could say no a lot more than they do they say yes an awful lot and then never I shouldn't say never okay there's this little part but they say they say yes and often they don't deliver they don't deliver they they overpromise so don't overpromise don't overpromise when you need to say no just say no no i can't do that and then finally just just finally a word about oaths a word about oaths and vows in the name of the lord Jesus didn't abolish these. He didn't cast them aside. He didn't throw them away. When Jesus uh, said this, he was making a point here. Don't mock God. Jesus didn't want God to be mocked. He didn't want the solemnity of a vow in the name of the Lord watered down, brought down to this place where you're just saying something you're never gonna do like the politicians had done. But solemn vows in the name of the Lord, they're okay. He did not outlaw them. Marriage vows, marriage vows are made in the name of the Lord before God is a witness, before a group of people as a witness. One might make a vow not to commit perjury. I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help me God. And these are solemn vows. To diminish the solemnity of a vow, adding to a promise. Oh, I swear on my mother's grave. Being like a politician, it's from the evil one. This is this is Jesus' words. So say yes and mean it. If, if, If you make a vow in the name of the Lord, mean it. Mean it. Be a vow keeper. Be a vow keeper. Last Sunday, as we closed the service, we closed with a reminder that Jesus made an invitation to all. Jesus invited all to Him. He was executed on the Roman cross. He gave His life. He received the just penalty for my sin, and that's an, that's an amazing gift. He stood on a cross in my place. He received the penalty for your sin. He stood in your place. Jesus hung on that cross for that reason. John, one of his closest followers, he was there at the foot of the cross and he recorded that Jesus once said this. in John chapter six, verse 37. Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Jesus gave an invitation, come to me. He also gave a promise, I'll not drive you away. There's no swear to God. There's no on my life. There's none of that. No, it's sincere. It's genuine. Simple. Simply put. Simply put invitation of jesus come simply put promise i'll never drive you away in other words i'll I'll receive you now whoever comes has to be just as genuine with a sincere simply put yes yes Simply put, yes, that means yes. No turning back. No turning back. Yes, Jesus, I will. Have you been that sincere with Jesus? If you haven't, if you've never been that sincere where you've said yes, hey, today's the day. Say yes. He'll never drive you away. That gift he he made to reconcile you to the Lord, the creator of it all, the gift that Jesus made by paying the price, the penalty for defying God, it's done. So he says, come on. And you can say yes if you've never ever done that. Today's the day. And I know many of us have said yes. We've said yes. And I know at the time, it, it was as genuine and, and sincere as it possibly could have been. But sometimes over time, we seem to wane, we seem to shift. Let's say yes today with a sincerity that is true. A yes that's simply put, yes, Jesus, no turning back. And, and live in that eternal life, that eternal promise. Let's stand and close our service with prayer and, and really walk in that, walk in that today. Simply put, yes or no. Lord, we're grateful for the things that you've taught us. We're grateful for the life you've given us. You took all kinds of Abuse for our sake. And then you allowed nails to be driven through your flesh to hang you on a cross so that God's wrath was put on you instead of us. And that's a great thing. It's a wonderful gift. And you said, If you come to me, I'll not drive you away. Lord, help us to say yes, completely, fully, 100%, to be committed to follow you. No turning back, no turning back. And God, if there's someone, someone here today in this room, someone who's listening in through digital media, God, who's never said, yes, yes, I'll follow you. Yes, I receive your sacrifice. God, if they're saying yes to you today, Lord, I pray you'd receive that heart. Receive its sincerity, God one who does not want to turn back to their old ways, but to keep their eyes focused on you. Lord, I pray you'd, you'd bless anyone making, that, making that, com- that, that prayer, that commitment to you. And God, for all of us who've said yes long ago, and sometimes we feel our commitment waver or we're getting pulled, and our promises aren't as strong as they should be, But we're trying to to fluff them up with something like, I swear to God, Lord, I just pray. I pray you'd make us people who are yes and no, people of integrity and keeping our word. God, help us. God, help us. Help us today to say yes fully, fully, completely, simply, and receive your promise. As simply and sincerely as you put it, you'll never drive us away. Thank you into your hands. Lord, we commit it. We give it to you. We give you our hearts and our lives. And we thank you, Lord. Now bless your people as they go. Bless them and keep them. Lord, look after this flock through the week. Lord, bless them. Use them in the lives of others. Lord, I pray that there'd be people who'd say, why are you smiling? Why are you joyful? What's going on? And there'd be opportunities to share what we have, the great gift of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus and Lord, we just put our country in your hands. God, for all the things that are going on, Lord, the laws and the bills, uh, the concerns that many, many have. God, we pray you'd uh, make us people who desire to be informed and do what we have a privilege to do. Lord, to respond to those who have leadership over us and also to keep them in prayer too. they'd yield to you. And Lord, where repentance is necessary, may it come. We pray. We pray and we thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.